ebook. Game Preserved by Rod Phillips. The hunters are necessary, of course, but there was the other side of the picture too. The first of the morons, as they were properly called, though they were totally lacking intelligence, were born in 1971, eight years after the mutual retaliation phase of the big war, and no one started. The majority of them near the big bombed-out cities. By 1973, the aid of electron microscope, the scientists had learned all about it. Parents and offspring were sterilized, and offspring placed in state institutions. By 1983, there were too many of them. The solution to the impossible situation was tried. Large and isolated areas in the south, where the climate was mild, was made in reserves for them. The wilds of Morans blended in small herds and showed no inclination to roam. By 1985, no more of the Morans were being born, thanks to sterilization of bite to all parents carrying the contaminated gene. It's thought the problem was permanently solved through perfect cooperation between science, the government, and the public. If the contamination had not been weeded out by the race, one fourth of every generation for all the future would have been without any intelligence whatsoever. But here and there there had been national births, unattended by a doctor and parental love, coupled, coupled with fear of being sterilized, thus denied further parenthood had brought into existence a few thousand unsterilized morons into magnetic rooms or basements and to their parents these parents the preserve, preserves offered a logical solution to drive into the nearest preserve and turn the children loose with, with its kind. Thus a new generation came into being in a scattered herds and by twenty ten AD a new problem had come into being, thanks to the impurities of more moron strain or to wandering renovades or both, a few normally intelligent offspring were appearing in the herds. This was the danger they we can tell in the race. They left the herds, learned to speak, wear clothes. In twenty ten the government attempted a mass sterilization of the herds, but the herds were too wild by now. And the male was too dangerous, so the sterilization programme was abandoned and new planes substituted. A government hunters came into being small group patrol groups. Job was to pick off the renegades any members of the herds that were intelligent. Hi, 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 a big one shouted. Heavy heavy erect with the effort end of it. Hi, 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 the fat one and a dozen others echoed more mildly, lifting whatever they could get a hold of it on it. They were lifted and borne forward in a half-crouching trot. Hi, 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 Elf chanted, running and skipping along the panting men, and their massive burden. It was carried forward through the lush grass of perhaps fifty feet. Uh-huh, big one shouted loudly, slowly letting the front end of it down until it dug into soft black soil. Ah, that one on the other side. Letting go and leaning, standing up, stretching, aching back muscles, rubbing clamped hands. Ah, ha, 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 El sung, spinning around in between the resting men. He came too close to the big one, was sent sprawling by a quick, good, humoured push. Everyone laughed, big one laughing the loudest, 
The big one lifted Alf to his feet and patted him on the back affectionately, a broad grin forming a toothy crap on top of his bushy black beard. Alf answered the grin with one of his own. The moment his first ever present yearning to grow up, to be the biggest and the strongest like the big one, flowed through him with new strength. Abruptly, big one leaped at to the front end of it, shouting, Hi, hi, hi! Hi, hi, the others echoed, scrambling to the places. Once again, it was borne forward for fifty feet, again, again, across the broad meadowland. A vast, vast matting of blackberry brambles came into view off to one side. Big one veered off his course towards it. Their going was uphill now, so the forward surges children to forty feet, the fern thirty. By the time he reached the blackberries, they were wet and glossy with sweat. It is a healthy patch, loaded with right, large ripe berries. Men ate hungrily, hungrily at first, more literally, pointed the other ones, strained, stained beers and laughing, as they denuded one area. They blipped to it, carrying it another ten feet, startled, started tripping another section, never getting more than a few feet with it, from it. Elf picked the blackberries back with, with first one, then one, then other of the men. With his, when his hunger was satisfied, became mischievous, picking a handful of berries and squatting them against the backs of the chest of the nearest man, running away, laughing. Dangerous, but he knew, because if one of them caught him, he'd be tossed in the brambles. Eventually, they had had their fear. Well, thanks to Elf, looked as though they were oozing blackberry juice with every pour. The sun was in its mid-afternoon position. The distance of line, while it brought trees, could be seen evidence of a stream. Hi, 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 big one shouted. The journey towards the trees began. It was mostly downhill, so the forward spurts were often as much as a hundred feet. Before they could hear the water, they could smell it. They grunted into the night at the smell of rich fish odour betokening plenty of food. Intermingled with this odour was the spicy scent of eucalyptus. They pushed forward with renewal zeal, so they sweat ran down their skins, dissolving the berry juices, making rivets that looked like purple blood. When less than a hundred yards away from the stream, which was a little hidden beyond the tall grasses and trees lying it, his bank, they heard the sound of voices, high-pitched female vo- women's voices. They come uneasy and nervous. It surges forwards, shorter to ten feet. Their rest periods become longer. They search warily for signs of motion through the trees. They change their course to survive a hundred yards downstream from the source of the women's voices. Soon they reach the edge of the tree belt. It is more difficult to carry it through the scratterings of the bushes. Two, they were could would get part way for the trees and run into the tree too close together. Get past it past them then past them. They had to back out and try another place. It took almost two hours to work through the trees to the bank of the stream. Only Elf recognized the place they finally broke through as a place they had left more than two days before. In that respect he knew he was different. Not only had from big one, the other grown-ups, but also all others elf Except one, a girl elf. He had known it as long as he could remember. He learnt it from many little things. For example, he recognised the place when they reached it. Big one, the others never remembered anything for long. 
in getting it through the trees they blundered as they always had. They got through by trial and error, no memory, class blunderings. Elf was different in another way too. You see more he'd make more sounds than the others. Sometimes he'd keep a little it with him till it gave him a feeling of security, almost as strong as a bigot. Then wander off alone with it and play with and make, making sounds. Bizzard, walla walla walla, walla walla la 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 da. All the sound kind of sounds. It excited him to make them make, make different sounds, put them together so they please please his hearing. But such sounds made the others avoid him, look at him from a safe distance, with worried expressions. So he had to learn not to make different sounds at the earshot of the others. The women and elves were upstream a hundred yards where they remained from the way they were milling around and acting alarmed. It was evident to Elf they could no more remember the men having been there a few days before than the men could remember it themselves. It be two or three days before they slowly lost their fear of one another. It being to the women and the elves who could would curiously approach, holding their, por- their portable. It clutched with security until finally, losing only all fear, we joined into one big group for a while, big when the others carried it, right to the water's edge so that they could get it into the water without being far far from it. They shivered and shouted slightly as they bathed. Fat one screamed with light as he held a squin, squin, squirming fish up with the others to see. He bit into it with strong white teeth, water dripping from his heavy brown beard. Renewed hunger possessed him. He gobbled a fish and began searching for another. He always caught two fish, for any other man, a man's one, which is why he was so fat. He was fat. Elf himself caught a fish. After eating it, he lay on the grassy bank, looking up the white bellying clouds of blue sky. The sun was nearly a horizon, half hidden behind a cloud, sending derangent ramps of light downward. The clouds on the western horizon were slowly taking on colour until red, orange and green separated the definitive areas. The soft murmur of the stream formed a lazy background, recited voices of men. From upstream faintly drifted the woman and elf sounds. Here, close to the ground, the rich earthly smell was stronger than that of the stream. After time, a slight breeze sprang up, bringing with it other odours. That of the distant pines, the pungent eucalyptus, a musky animal scent. Big one and the others were out of the water, finally half asleep. Elf watched them move his up to dry ground, though that was that what the sun had been waiting for. It sank rapidly below the horizon. Clouds where the sun had been seen now to blaze of a time with smouldering redness and called it to black. The stars came out one by one. A multitude of snorings erupted in the night. Elf crept among the sleeping forms until he found Big One and settled down for the night, his head against Big One's chest, his right hand resting against the smooth, cold small metal of it. it. Elf awoke from the bright morning sun, directing his eyes. Red Big One was gone already, wading in the stream after fish. Some of the others were with him. A few were still sleeping.
Elf leaped to his feet, paused, and stretched elaborately, then splashed into the stream. As soon as he caught the fish, he climbed out of the bank and ate it. Then he turned to his search for little it. There were many lying around, all exactly like he studied several, not touching some, touching and even nudging others. Since they all looked alike, it was more a matter of feel than any real difference he looked for. One by one seemed to be... One and only one seemed to be it. Elfin returned his possession, attention to it several times. Finally so picked it up and carried it over to Big It and held head it underneath. Big one with shouts of sheer exuberation. Thrown up onto the bank, dripping water, he grinned at Elf. Elf looked at the direction of woman and other elves. Some of them were wandering in this direction, each carrying an it of some sort, many of them similar to ones he had chosen. It set an alarm the thought that somebody might steal. He knew it. Elf rescued it from the hide, his hiding place. He tried to hide it before, between him. When they all, met any of the men looked his way, they scorned the individual it as men preferred an it too heavy for one person. As the day advanced, women and elves approached nearer, pretending to be unaware of the times the men were here. At other times, openly fleeing back, overcome by panic. Men never went further than twenty feet from the bigot, but as the women came closer, the men moved slowly towards one another. By noon, two of them had been were trying to pick a fight. With anyone who could stand up to them. Elf clutched his little it closely and moved cautiously downstream. <clears throat> Until he was twenty feet from the big it, tenderly he went another few feet further than any of the men dared go from the big it. At first he felt secured and panic overcame him. He ran back, dropping a little it. He touched the big it until panic was gone. All along he went to the little it and picked it up. He walked around carrying it. Until he felt secure of it again. Finally, he went downstream again. Twenty feet, twenty feet, thirty. He felt panic. Funny, but not overwhelmingly. It became almost endurable. Endurable. He calmly turned around and walked back. Confidence came to him. An hour later, he went downstream until he was out of sight of the bigot. And the main security seemed to flow warmly and lit with it. Excitement possessed Elf. He ran here and there, clutching it. Closely to not to drop it, lose it, he felt free. Billado, he said aloud, experimenting. He liked the sound. Billado, billabo, billabo. He saw a berry bush ahead and ran it up to it in the middle munch of the delicious fruit. Biddle, piddle, biddle, he said. It sounded nice. He ran on and after time he found a soft, greasy spot, stretched out his back, holding it caressingly. Carelessly, in one hand, he looked up and up at the layers of clouds going in one direction, other layer for it going in the other direction. Suddenly, he heard voices. He first, he thought it was the wind, must have changed to the, but so that he was carrying the voices to the, or the men to him. He lay there listening. Suddenly, he realized these voices were different. They were putting sounds together. Like those, he made himself a sense of wonder possessed him. How could there be anyone besides himself? Who could do that? Unafraid yet filled with caution, he clutched it close to his chest and stole in the direction of the sounds. 
After going a hundred yards, he saw signs of movement through the trees. He dropped to the ground, laying still for a moment, and gained courage to graze cautiously, slowly to run. Stopping low, stooping low, he stood forward till he could see several moving figures darting the tree to tree. He moved closer to them, listening with greater excitement than he had ever known to the ever known to the snooping following variation of beautiful sounds they were making. This is a something new, a sort of game they must be playing. One voice will make a string of sounds and stop. Another will make a string of different sounds and stop. The third will make it take it up. They were all good at it too. But closer he got to them, the more puzzled became. The shape somewhat like people. They carried its. They had hands and faces like people. That's as far as they similarly went. Their feet were solid. Their arms, legs and body were not skin at all. Strangely covered in living living in appearance. Their baby faces moved like a woman's hair. Their hair short like babies. Their voice deep like men's. The its they carried were unlike any else had seen. Not only that, each of them carried more than one. That was an idea, Ilf. Came so tight, he almost got to he hidden. If you had more than one, it then it, if something had happened to one, you could, would still feel secure. Resist the urge to return to the stream and search for the other a little it to give him extra security. If he had did what did what he had might. He did that. He might never again find these creatures. They were like so like men, yet so different. So instead, he piled the idea, way to use that the only opportunity the following and followed the strange creatures, keeping well hidden from them. Soon Alf could hear the shouts of men in the residence. From the behavior of the creatures ahead, they had heard those shouts too. And he's changed direction so as to reach the stream a hundred yards or more downstream at about the spot where Alf had left. It made no voice sounds. Now that Alf now that Alf could hear, they clutched their strangely shaped long its before they tensely them before them tensely. Though feeling greater security the way that way, heads turning this way and that as he searched for any movement ahead, he moved perfectly. Overwhelming sense of kinship brought tears to Elf's eyes. His creatures were his kind, their differences from him were physical, therefore superficial. Even if their difference were greater, it wouldn't like like have battered. He wanted suddenly to run to them, but they thought of it sent fear through him. Also, they might run into impact from him. He suddenly revealed himself. Would it, be so, would it have to be a mutual reproach? He felt he used to seeing them, but now, in due time, he would reveal himself for a brief moment to them. Lady would stay in the open and watch them, making no noise move to approach until they used to him being around. It might take days, but eventually he felt sure he could join them without causing them too much panic. After all, there had been the time when he abstained himself from the man for three whole days. When he appeared, returned, they had forgotten him. His sudden appearance in their midst 
had brought sent even big one into spasms of fear. Unable to flee from the security of the bigot, unable to bear his presence among them without being used to him, they had fallen on the ground in the fit. He had to retreat and wait until they were covered. He slowly, then slowly, he didn't let them u- get used to being in sight before approaching again. It had taken two full days to get to the point where they would accept him at once more. That experience, Elf Fett, would be valuable to remember now. You wouldn't want to purge those creatures into fits or see them scatter and run away. Also, he was too afraid right now to reveal himself. You know every atom is being called for their companionship. So he made another important discovery. Some of it, the its these creatures carried, and sometimes things like the paddable vines attached them so they could be hung around the neck. The fault was so struggling, Elf stopped examined it to see if he could do it, do it. twice as long as his hand round one tapering to a small end that opened to the hollow inside too smooth to hold with platable vine instead the invisible platables leave vines woven together to hold it he wasn't sure how he could be done but maybe it could be it could it could he got the idea set the idea aside for the future and stood up caught up the creatures again looking at them with a new emotion or the days he got from watching them was so staggering he's keeping di- he's getting dizzy. Another new thought hit him. He rejected that at once a being for too fantastic return leaves of thin and pliable could be wrapped around small objects like pebbles. Could it be that these creatures were really men of some sort with bodies like men covered something thin like leaves of fine? It was a new and dizzy height of portable securities and possibly lightly. Now he rejected the idea with fidelity and turned his head, his mind, to other things. He knew not where they could reach the stream. He needed to circle them, get ahead of them. For the next few minutes, he occupied his full attention, leaving no room for crazy faults. He reached the stream, hid behind some bushes, where he would have a quick line of retreat if necessary. He clutched it tightly and waited. A few moments he saw the first of the creatures merge a hundred feet away. The others soon joined the first. Elves stood forward from concealment to concealment till he was only fifteen feet away from them. His heart was pounding with a mixture of fear and excitement. His knuckles were white from clutching it. The creatures still carrying on their game with milking sounds, but now in an amazing new way that made them barely audible. Elf listened to the incredibly varied sounds eruptured. His crony seems to be brain pure. You can never tell. No, you can never tell. Get out your binoculars and let look, Joe. Not yet, Harold. I look I'm look looking to see if I can get can spot one of those be, though one whose behaviour shows intelligence, elf eight as intimate intimate some of the in, beautiful combination of sounds. One experiment to see if he could make the soft and moody voices. An idea that how it might be done. Not to make a noise in your throat, but breathe out. From the sounds of your mouth. Just like you were uttering them out aloud. A wound just fumbled at it hanging around the neck. neck. A bit hinged back. He reached in and brought out a gleaming it. Held it so it covered his eye. He was facing forward. The men upstream stood up slowly. See anything, something, Joe? Sonny Elf was afraid. Was this some sort of magic? 
was it he had often puzzled at a problem whether things were when he didn't look at them. The experiment to close his eyes and opening them suddenly to see things were still there. They always were. But maybe this was magic to make the men not not be here. There, Elf waited. Was it extreme, but the big one, the others, did not vanish. My uncle Joe chuckled. I told him, I don't know, would be would have been a museum piece if it were to take the tact. 1950-64, I think. Only one wheel on it, front in, right front. Elf attention jerked back. One of the creatures was reaching over his shoulder, lifting large it fastened there. Breach bringing out something that made Elf almost exclaimed aloud. It's shaped exactly like the little it Elf was carrying, but it glistened in the sunlight and its interior was filled with richly brown fluid. Anything, anyone else want a Coke? It used to be a picnic area, one called Joe said, not taking his eyes from the lockers. I can see a lot of pop bottles lying around in the general area, a lot wet than that record of a fold. Elf was watched briefly. A creature reached inside the skin of his hip, brought out a very small it, did something to the small end of it, follow it, put in enough very small it back in, under the skin of his hip. He put the hollow it to his lips and turned tilted it. Elf watched the brown liquid drain out. There was magic. Such an it, the very one he carried, looked to be filled with water stream and carried around to drink any time. When it held, it held no more liquid, the creature dropped to the ground. El could not take his eyes off from it. He wanted it more than he had ever wanted anything. They might forget it. Sometimes the women dropped theirs. It's forgot them, picking up another one instead. These creatures with beardless faces like women. Besides, each one of them carried so much it they would feel just as cool about this one. So many it's. One of the creatures had a flower, had a flat white in one hand, and a very sl- and very slim. It pointed point, shaped like a st- straight section of bush stem. Pointed at the one end, with which he scratched on the white. It's at, at time beginning leaving black designs. There are fourteen males of one. They called Joe whispered. They haven't wrote it down. The way these creatures did things. As I said, they're very similar to one, a very big one. The other men went on moving with the big it. They were very much like men in their action, their event creatures. Eighty-five or sixty fit females. See any signs of intelligent action yet? Now a couple of the males are fighting, probably going to be mating free for all tomorrow or next day. There's one. Just a minute. I want to make sure it's a little girl, maybe eight or nine years old. Good forehead. Her eyes definitely lack the large marble-like quality. Some more on patient species. The intelligent or white. She's drawing something in the sand with a stick. Give me your rifle, Bill. You've got a better telescope sort on than mine. I don't want her to suffer. A little bit abandoned on the ground. Elf wanted it. One of the creatures would be sure to pick it up. Elf worried. Never get to it then. If only the creature would go. Oh, not notice him. If only. Creature the thing of his eye put it back where he'd gotten it out. The thing hanging over his, from his, 
for his shoulder. He taking one of the long limb things from another of the creatures and picked the thick end against his shoulder. A small end pointing upstream. The others sustained their backs to Elf. All of them looking upstream. It only remain that way. It would remain that way. Maybe he would dart. He would could dart out and get a little get the little hit. Another moment they might lose lose interest in whatever they're watching. Elf darted out from his concealment, grabbed the it off the ground, and the same instant an ear-strattering sound erupted. The long, slim thing against the creature's shoulder. Got her, the creature said. Paralyzed with fright, Elf stood motionless. One of the creatures started to turn his way. A last instant, Elf darted back to his place of concealment. His heart was panicked so loud he felt sure they could hear it. Are you sure, Joe? Right through the head. You know what? knew what happened. Lelf heard of held the new it close to him. Ready to run, he was was he was discovered. He didn't dare look at it yet. It hadn't noticed he had held it and held, felt it without looking at it. It was cold at first, colder than the water in the stream. So he looked warned. He dared to glance a quick glance at it gleamed at him to soak through though possessed of inner life. New feeling of security grew within him, greater than he ever known. And never it, the other half filled with dry mud and deeply scratched from the violent rush of water, and it was a stream went over its banks, they forgotten in his feet at his feet. Well that finished his survey trip for this time. El paid a little attention to voice and whispers, now too wrapped up by his own new feelings. Yes, I had quite a haul. Twenty-two colonies, three more than ten years ago. Forty men contaminated. Seven, only two had done turned offspring or water. Forty men contaminated. Seven with only one or two intelligent offspring to kill. Only one colony to contaminate. We had to wait. We had to wait it out altogether. One went again. The rainies are scurrying scarier, scarcer, scarcer, every time. Another 10, 20 years, it'll be extinct. There won't be any more intelligent offspring in these colonies. Yes, let's get, get, let's get going. be dark another hour or so. Creatures hiding some of their its under skin and they're carrying cases. There's a feeling about their, de- about their of departure. Elf wanted in only where... Waited until they were all of them. They were on the move, back in the back the way he had come. He followed a safe distance. The ready with me to show himself. Now wait. The sun was coming down in the sky. Now it won't be long until he went down for the night. Should he wait until the morning to let them get their glimpse glimpse of him? He smiled himself. He had plenty of time. Tomorrow, tomorrow, he never returned to the big one and the other men, men of creatures. With join the, with the new and wonderful creatures, they were his kind. He thought the girl elf, where they were kind, her too kind too. He could not only get her come with him. And then in the sudden ball pose, he tried to so to try the creatures coming back the same way they had come. If he came, ran, if he came right with him, it could catch up with the creatures before they went far. So far they could lose them. 
He looked, turned back, growing, going carefully until he no longer see creatures. Then he ran. He headed free, directly towards the place where the woman and elf stayed. It could not be so easily alarmed as the men, because the men, because there were so many of them, they couldn't remember one another. And more, more one or less, the elf of elves had went unnoticed. When he reached the clearing, he walked slow to walk, looking for her. Ordinarily, he didn't have to look much. She had seen him one and come up to him, smiling, recognition of the fact he was the only one like her. He came a little angry, and she, she was hiding. He saw her. He went to her. She was on her stomach, motionless, as though asleep. But something was different. <clears throat> it was a hole in one side of her head. On the other side was a torn, open, red and greyish, white, with... He knelt down and touched her. She had the same inert feel to her that others had had, who never again moved. He studied her head curiously. He'd never seen anything like this. He shook her, he remained limp. He sighed. He knew that what would, ha- would happen now. It was already happening. The other was very faint, yet she had not, could not move again. Day after day, the odour was stronger. No one liked it. He would have to hurry. He could lose the creatures. He turned around, never looking back. Once he started to cry, stopped in surprise. Why have you been crying? He wondered. He hadn't hurt himself. He called up with the creatures. They were hurrying now. Their long, slender, itch balanced on one shoulder. The big end resting on the palm of the hand. No longer moves cautiously. Slowly, shortly, his new country elf had been never been this far from the stream big one more or less better men and always more or less followed the same route in the cross-country trips the creature didn't spend hours stumbling again among impossible paths they looked ahead of them and selected away and took it also he didn't have a heavy set to, to transport 25 feet at a time it began to sense there was they had a determination in mind probably the place they lived. Just ahead of them on a steep bank, hide and a man running in long trying time. Nine the creatures climbed the bank, vanished the other side curiously. Elf followed them, heading towards a large stone with its qualities at the top of the bank, from whose concealment he could see where they'd gone without being seen. He reached it and curiously peeked around it. Just below him, there was creatures. But uh, what, out, what amazed Alf was the sight of Bigot. It very much like a Bigot. The man had, except the difference in shape, and died of one round thing in one corner. Had one of each round corner rested on him, so he held off the ground. He listened instead of being dull. Had a strange odour that was quite strong. The creatures were putting some of their, their its into two of them actually climbed into it. Something neither Elf nor the men ever dared to do with their own bigots. Elf looked, took his eyes off for a moment and to marvel on the ground. It seemed to have made of stone, but, su- but such stone never been seen before. Never before seen. It was an even width of w- w- edges 
going in straight lines of parallel the long narrow hill where she stood the other side was a similar hill standing as far as the eye could see he turned his attention to the creatures the bigots the creatures had all climbed into it now possibly they were sitting down for the night though it was very still early for that no matter they had plenty of time tomorrow and tomorrow Ed would show himself in the rolling they'd run away and come back again for a little while and show himself a little longer giving them time to get used to him so you wouldn't panic they were playing a game of making voice sounds to one another again it seemed they had made your preoccupation El thought too much thought how much fun it would be to be one of them making voice sounds to his crowd's content I don't see any why the government doesn't wipe out the whole lot one of them said it was saying it is helpless to feel, keep them alive feeble mindedness is dominant in them they don't, can't be resolved in the race again and any intelligent offspring they get from mating were renegade to start a long line of descendants at least one fourth of them would, cut, would be mindless idiots well another of them said it's one of those things were there's not no answer wipe them out the next year we could be all the blonde haired people we wiped out to keep the race of blonde haired people pure or something probably in another hundred years nature will take care of the problem by wiping them out for us many army game wardens must make the rounds every two years and weed out them out and can find them them he can find the intelligence he hopped up the embankment but did not notice his head killed partly by the grass around the concrete mixer it's an easy job. Any one of them we, we miss, see this time, we'll probably get next time. In the next, in the six or eight visits we make before the intelligent ones can become adults, and make we always find them. What I hate is, when they really see us, these intelligent ones, Pubbins, they said, they all walk around up to us and want to be friends. It's too much like plain murder, except that they can't talk. Only make moronic sounds like bee bee Oh, even so, it gets me when you we kill them. The others laughed. Suddenly, Elf heard a new sound from Big It. Not a sound of it, of it. It was of it. Was it? One that Elf felt he could not possibly match exactly the growling. Suddenly, it was replaced by a still a proper sound of a purr, 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 going very rapidly. Perhaps it's the way these creatures snored. It was a not unpleasant way of crooked his head on one side, listening to sound, smiling. How something it would be we could join these creatures. He wanted so much. A big it began to move in a few would be second. Al could not believe his senses. How could it move without being carried? But he was moving. The creatures didn't seem to be aware of it. Or perhaps they were too overcome by fear to leave out. Already the big it was moving faster than walk was moving faster than every heartbeat. How could they remain unaware of it? How could I not leap to safety, but lately Alpha body and band of caution leapt from the apartment, the flat coin of ribbon vox shouting. Already the big bit was over a hundred yards away, moving faster than the birds in the flight. He shouted, but creature didn't hear him. So perhaps they were so they were overcome with fright, they were frozen. Yes, that must be it. Alf ran after Bigot. If he could only catch up if it, he would gladly join the creatures in their fate, prepared to die with them, then to lose them. He ran and ran, refusing to believe he could never overtake the bigot. 
Even when he disappeared from the view, getting faster, and the wind he ran and ran until his legs could lift no more, blinded by tears he tripped and spawned full length, white ribbon of stone. He there his bled from hitting the hard surface, and knees were scraped and bleeding. He's aware of this. He's only aware only the creatures were gone to what individual fate he not, could not guess, but lost to him. Perhaps ever sobs welled up within him, spilled out, shaking his small naked body. He cried as he hadn't cried since he was a baby. The empty coat buckle clutched forever forgotten. His hand glistened the rays of the setting sun.